Blog Talk Radio. our red book out. Let's turn to number five in there. Number five. I heard somebody saying, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, number six. I heard somebody saying, how firm a foundation. I'm sorry. No, we're going to do Faith of Our Fathers first. That's what we're going to do. I... Yeah, let's stand together. Say number five. Faith of Our Fathers Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. I have another buddy that works. He 
she works for Mr. Town. She had uh, she's an older lady, and she had her gold letter taken out, and they had to take her to Dallas because she wasn't coming out of anesthesia. Mm. And then she had a stone stuck in the duct. Oh, mercy. And then they had to go back in there and get that out. And she was still having a problem coming out of that anesthesia. But mm. so far, she's doing good. Her name is Vivian. So just keep her Vivian. All right. We'll lift Vivian up in prayer tonight. All right. Anybody else? Yes, Miss Charlotte. My help. Yes, ma'am. We'll lift you up in prayer, too. Yes, Mom. Um, this reading remember the yes absolutely I'm trying to remember tell me refresh my memory that's his friend's parents yes yes you're right and also we need to remember Erica's mother I hadn't heard a report on her but I but we we still need to be praying for her so she recovers Saved up here, at, uh, up here when Leo was up here. There's some of them. I mean, I, I realize some of them probably wouldn't ever darken the door of our church, uh, but that, but there was a whole crew of them from Anona uh, that that I kind of looked for one of them to show up. So let's pray for them. And I was telling Bonnie, I said, you know, I I, I have a burden to do what Leo's doing, not travel the country doing it, but do it here locally because I feel and and Mike Clark, who he went to be with uh, Sunday night. He's got a vision to do that in Paris with a bunch of churches and all hit hit the town at one time. And everywhere by drive, there's free crosses, you know, and try to flood the city with them. But, uh, but anyway, one thing I see that needs to be improved upon, not necessarily for him, because I realize he don't, he don't necessarily have churches to send people to. He's just trying to win people to Jesus everywhere he goes. But we do. And so I think one thing we need, that I would need to do is, is to uh, get some follow-up cards filled out so I have somewhere to go and see somebody afterward. Uh, but but anyway, pray for those those people that got saved. Pray for the people that are involved in their life because that one girl, she said, you know, she said, I got five kids. And uh, she said, and, I, and my husband's a pagan, and he won't come to church. So we need to pray for them. You know, that she's she burdened about his soul. And uh, she's, she went back home with Jesus, but none of them know him. So She's outnumbered. You know, people like that, they need prayer. So let's continue to pray for them. Uh, my goodness, I don't even know how to phrase who he is. My wife's cousin's husband, I don't know what that makes him to me, but anyway, uh, cousin-in-law, I guess. But uh, he he's still recovering, recuperating from that Guillain-Barre or have you say it syndrome. Um, and I want to say this, we've, been, we've prayed off and on for um, – for my brother-in-law's wife's dad, uh, Tommy, um, my name? Tommy Shelton, and uh, he was—he was—they gave him about a month to live here a while back, and uh, then he went to the nursing home. He was out there. And then, then he—they brought him into their home, 
and now he's doing so well they don't know what they're going to do with him because he's doing too good. So, but it, praise God for his improvement. And uh, but anyway, there's there's several like that that really needs prayer. And uh, anybody else, anything else? Yes. I get that call because that's Everybody around me likes it. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a witness tool. Anytime you get a conversation started, that's a chance to witness for Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us tonight. And uh, let's go to the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, for your blessing, Father, your, your presence, Lord, the fact that you love us like you do, Father. I'm so thankful that when we come to you with these burdens, Father, that they're not too heavy for you, even though sometimes they weigh us down and we know there's nothing we can literally do. Father, we're thankful that we can come to you and we can lay them at your feet, that we can ask you for your mercy. And, Lord, we know that you are the God of mercy. And, Lord, that we know that you're full of loving kindness and that you're pitiful toward us. And, Father, we just ask on behalf of these, Lord, we bind together as your body, your church. We ask on behalf of these, Father, that you bless them and meet their need. Lord, let them feel your presence, Lord, your touch. Guide them into the truth, Lord, and and carry them, Lord, throughout their life. Father, we pray your blessing upon their families and their lives. For those new converts, Father, we pray you steer them, Lord, if not to our church, then to another Bible-believing church, Father, that they may grow in the Word. Bless us tonight as we get into the Word of God. Bless the offering. Use it for your honor and glory. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You said I am. like a shepherd lead us. Amen. What a beautiful picture God gives us in his word of a shepherd and sheep. Amen. Grace to cleanse and power to free. 
how firm a foundation. You know, I'm just like that. I get we get we talked about her what happened before we started, and then we we talked about her so much we forgot to pray about it. Amen. Number six, how firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord. Amen. Message. 
it's not a long message. It's really not. I know I say that sometimes, and y'all get a kick at it because you know I've got a long one, but I really don't tonight. Uh, you know, this is familiar territory with the last two psalms, and this psalm and the next song, all, psalm all kind of tie together. And uh, it's about David and his struggles and his faith in the Lord. And so we're going to look at it tonight. Let's go ahead and read that. And uh, Psalm 142, let's, let's read it now. It says, A masculine of David, a prayer when he was in the cave. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and with my, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaint before him. I showed before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, when then thou knewest my path, in the way wherein I walked, have I, they privily laid a snare for me. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Attend unto my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. May he add his blessing to the reading of his word. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before you tonight. Lord, you know I, I just want to preach your word tonight. I just want to lift up, uh, Lord, Lord the, the precious word of God and magnify the truth that's in it tonight. I want to honor you, Father. I want to honor Jesus with everything that I say. I pray, Holy Ghost of God, that you'd absolutely control me. Everything, my thoughts, my words, my actions, everything that I do, may it bring honor to Jesus. Lord, I want to help those who've come to listen tonight to the Word of God because they need it, because their soul hungers and thirsts after righteousness and they want to be filled. Lord, I know that they'll not be disappointed. Father, those who've tuned in to listen to our program tonight, Lord, to, to listen to the broadcast of this service, Father, I pray, Lord, that they not be disappointed. Holy Ghost, work in their life. Lord, show them that, Lord, that you are the only help that we have, really, when it comes right down to it in this world. You are our only source of help. And, Lord, we waste our time elsewhere if we don't go to you first. Lord, you're able. We know you're able. Lord, you're willing if we'll, if we'll come to you humbly, confessing our sins and asking you to take control. Lord, you will in every way. Father, we're thankful tonight that you didn't leave us alone. Lord, you are our shepherd. And we're thankful for that. Guide us tonight as your sheep. Help me tonight, Holy Ghost of God. Empower me. Give me unction. I pray now in Jesus' name and for his sake. God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right. Let's look at it tonight. I, I wanna, we'll get right into it. Now, first of all, I want to point out to you the complaint that he makes to God. He's not complaining about God, but he's complaining to God. Amen. That ought to be the place where we file our complaints, by the way. I don't know if you all know that or not, but... Most people don't do that. Most people complain to their family. They complain to their friends. They complain to their coworkers. They complain to everybody instead of just going and telling God about what's bothering them. And once you tell God, guess what happens? You leave it there. You don't have to carry it around no more. Amen? But most people don't get that through their head because we're stubborn, just like the old Israelites were. We're stubborn. We're hard-headed. We're stiff-necked. We're all those things that God talks about. We get that way from time to time. And so we forget to complain to God and we complain to everybody else. But he does. He complains to God. And the Bible says here that it was a prayer when he was hiding in a cave. 
Okay? This is not just sitting in palace uh, ruling over the kingdom. This is David who's not ruling at the moment because he's in hiding. Whether this took place, I don't even know when this took place. I've been trying to figure out when this took place, but I don't know for sure. I do know that the Bible tells about two different times when David was hiding in a cave. In 1 Samuel 22, 1 and 2, it talks about him hiding in a cave and, and all the people, basically all the ragtags of society and his family and everybody else came down and joined him and had about 400 men with him. And then there's another time where it talks about him and being in a cave in, in 1 Samuel 24, verse 3, and that's when him and all his men are lying in the walls of the cave and Saul is in the cave with them and they don't, he doesn't know they're in there. So I don't think this is either time that it's referring to because I believe in this, in this verse, David's alone in this cave, from, at least from what I can see, because he'd have been talking to somebody else rather than God had he been in the cave with someone else. The Bible said he was in the cave, and he says he talked, he cried unto the Lord with his voice. I want you to notice there that he, that, that he says twice. He says, with my voice, with my voice. Now, why is that, why is that important? Well, he's on the run, right? He's on the run, he's on the run, and he's on the run from Saul, I would think. I, I would think this is probably before anybody joined him down there in that cave. That's where I would think probably relates more to 1 Samuel 22. But, it's, you know, Saul was angry with him. Why? Because he went down there and killed Goliath, and everybody bragged on him. He didn't like it because Saul wanted all the glory. Okay, and then Saul started feeling worse and worse toward him, decided he wanted to kill him. Jonathan said, no, no, don't kill him. David had done thing. And David went down to battle and whooped a bunch of Philistines again and embarrassed him again, and he decided, I'm going to kill that sucker. So that's when, the, that's when the fight was on, and he chased him all over God's green earth trying to get him. And David's out there hiding and running for his life, and he never knows if he's going to live or die except the Lord keep him. That's it. And he's just, and here he finds himself, he's in a cave. Now, this is not good circumstances. If you're having to hide in a cave, your life is not in a good place. Am I right? Yeah. Amen. I mean, listen, I, I, that, that's a place where a person goes if, they, if they're running from the law or, they, or they're running for their life or whatever. You're trying to get away. And so he finds himself alone in a cave, but he's alone with God. That's a good place to be. You might say, well, it's a bad place for him to be in his life, being in a cave all by himself, hiding from everybody. But it's also a good place because he's able to get away from all the other voices and all the other noises. He's just in that cave, and there ain't no solitude like there is down deep in a cave. I've been in, y'all probably been in them too. We've all took vacations at one time or other, and went in a cave somewhere, right? Y'all been in a cave? Raise your hand. You never been in a cave? You got to live more. You got to get out more, Phyllis. You got to go to a cave somewhere. Amen. Well, just. <laughs> well. All I want to say is you don't want to go in there when there's electricity failure. We had that happen to us, right? Anyway, that ain't fun when it's pitch dark and you can't do nothing about it. But anyway, that's the, that's the situation with David, amen? This is down deep in the Congo of Africa dark. There ain't no lights nowhere. He's in the center of the earth in the side of a mountain in a cave. But he's alone with God, so guess what? He let his guard down. All the things he wouldn't tell everybody else. He knows nobody else is listening. He's by himself with God. And David just pulls a cork and it all just comes gushing out. He was hiding. He was deep enough down in that cave nobody could hear his voice. And like I say, he emphasizes his voice. With my voice, with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I pleaded with him. When we say supplication, we're not just saying 
Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. We're not talking about bless. Dear Lord, bless those nursing our bodies. Amen. We're talking about, oh, God, if we don't help me, I'm not going to make it, Lord. That's supplication. When we, run, when we got tears flowing down our cheeks and it's not dripping from our nose and a hot breath coming out of our mouth and we don't care what we look like and we don't care what anybody else is doing because right at that moment it's us and God and, and we're laying it all out before him. That's what was happening. You know, Matthew twelve thirty four. Jesus makes his statement. He's getting on the Pharisees, but he still makes a statement. He says, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So what David's doing with his voice, he's pouring out what's in his heart. Now, it's true we, can't, we can pray without saying anything, right? We can pray without ever opening our mouth. But when we pray with our mouth, when we pray aloud using words, we express our whole being. When we start talking to God with our mouth and we're sharing it, our emotions get caught up in it, tears start flowing. You know, it's different from sitting there silently praying. I'm not saying you can't weep praying silently. But you know as well as I do, when you're telling God from the bottom of your heart and it starts rolling, you'll get to hollering even, oh, God, I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll just say it. You'll let it out. And if you don't pray like that, I wonder why. When you got a need, he's your father. I can tell you right now, when I was a kid and I was hurting and I, I fell off my bicycle or, 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 or skinned myself somehow or cut myself and, and I needed somebody, hey, listen, I ran into either mama or daddy and I was hollering and crying and snot running and everything else. When you got a need, you're his child. You're his child. And he expects you to be honest with him. And sometimes you got a heart full of hurt and you got to express it. And I believe that's what he was doing in there. I believe he's expressing his heart, the deepest reason. I mean, you've got to consider, folks. He, 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 he did nothing wrong. He had done nothing wrong. Everything he had done was good. You remember, he went down to the battle and all, all his brothers were a bunch of stitches and wimps and they wouldn't do anything and they're scared of Goliath. And he said, who is this? Who is this? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the, the armies of the living God? He said, is there not a cause? He's looking around and like, are y'all even going to do anything? Did y'all just come down here? Are y'all are you got sanctions against them? I mean, we all do it. Are you going to fight? Are y'all going to talk? Are you just going to listen to him break? I mean, this is a passionate fella. This is a passionate man. He had, I mean, God blessed him. And Israel should have appreciated him. And Saul should have appreciated him. But he didn't. Because Saul let pride enter into him, and, so, and that dominated Saul. So, David's, I mean, I, I, I guarantee you, if you was in David's spot, you'd say, God, you know, this thing all worked out like, you, like I thought it was going to. This ain't how I pictured things going after we killed Goliath and, you know, I whooped them Philistines. I figured everybody had been pleased with me, but now they're, they're trying to kill me. What gives, Lord? What has happened here? This is not, I mean, some people say, you know, God just can't be in that. God ain't in that nowhere. God, if God was in that, you'd have an easier time, David. If God was in that, you'd, everybody would be throwing roses at your feet. If God was in that, you'd be healthy, wealthy, and wise, David. That's what a lot of people would say. You see, God's plan sometimes goes through a cave. God's plan, the Bible, Bible says through the valley of the shadow of death, right? That's where he leads us. 
Yea, though I walk through, this is David said that too, by the way, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I believe he was there that night in that cave. I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. He was with him in the cave, wasn't he? Amen. He said in verse 2, look at it, I poured out my complaint before him. And then say, I whispered it to him. Then say, I talked to the Lord about what was wrong. He says, I poured out my complaint. I dumped it on him. Amen. I dumped it all out. Oh, God, I poured it out. I showed before him my trouble. I said, God, here's everything that's been bothering me. Sometimes that's the way we... Like I said, we blubbered and cried and snot running out of our nose. That's what we're doing. Just let it gush out of us. What's going on in our life? He said, I showed before my trouble. What, what was he showing him? I, I tell you, first of all, he was showing him, he was showing him, of, look at verse 3. Let's read verse 3. He said, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me, then thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walk, they have privily laid a snare for me. They laid a snare for me in the way I walked. And listen, I didn't go out of the way to get in a snare. It was just my normal course of life. He's saying, he's saying you know, I was, I, was trying to, I was trying to do what was right. I was trying to be patriotic. I was trying to serve the Lord. And just in the way, they've laid a snare for me. He wouldn't do nothing wrong. But yet they tried to trip him. He talks about the subtlety of the enemy. They laid a snare in my path. He said privately, he, in verse 6, he says, Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. They have, they've come upon me with malice. They brought me down to the bottom, and I didn't deserve it. But they did it anyway. Here I am, Lord. And then notice, notice he says, For they are stronger than I. He talks about the strength of his enemies. I realize tonight, listen, I, I, I don't know about you, and, I, and I'm not trying to get up here and talk a bunch of politics tonight, but I'm going to talk about it because it's on my mind. Last night, yesterday was a primary election. I went out and voted for Chad Prather. I knew he wasn't going to win, but I didn't expect uh, Rhino Greg Abbott to get such an overwhelming outpouring of support in Texas. He is no he is no Republican. He's no conservative. He's a he's a wolf in sheep's clothing. <clears throat> I, I mean, it's just amazing how the 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 cesspool our country's become. We got enemies everywhere. They hate us. I mean, they literally hate us. They get rid of Christianity. They slice that. They do it. I know they would. We're a thorn in their side, and they are much stronger than we. There ain't a thing we can do about politics and what's wrong in this country. There is nothing we can do. And if I say, "Well, you get out and vote. You get out and vote." That don't do it. You can protest. That ain't gonna do it. You can pray. That'll do something. But I can tell you right now, anything your flesh can do ain't gonna do a doggone thing to change. What you see going on around you today is theater to keep you entertained while the devil finishes his work. That's all. You see. When you see government, when you see politics, when you see news, it's theater to keep your mind going, trying to figure this stuff out while they just do what they're going to do. Don't be deceived. The devil works just like he's the prince of the power of the air. Well, they call it we're on the air when they're on. Amen. He's the prince of the power of it too. Amen. But listen, He's talking about his enemies. He's saying, Lord, I, I'm telling you what's wrong. And bless God, we know we got a lot of things wrong around us today in this nation. we got a lot of things wrong just right even in its own, our own vicinity. There is wrong all around us, and it ain't getting no better. And he's telling God because there's nowhere else to go with it. He says, he, 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 tells, he tells of the coldness and the indifference of his friends. 
Ain't nobody going down there to check on him in that cave. He had nowhere to go. Listen, look at verse 4. He said, I looked on the right hand. I looked on the right hand. He said, in beheld, and I looked. He said, but there was no man that would know me. Kind of like Peter that night Jesus was on trial. I know him not. I don't know him. Blankety blank, blankety blank. I don't know him. Tell you, we got a lot of friends so trouble hit sometimes. Boy, uh, listen, if you ain't got Christian friends, you better watch it because you hit some trouble, they'll bail out on you. A lot of times, a lot of times Christian friends will too. A lot of times any friends will. You got to be careful. David thought he had friends. So he wound up in some real trouble with the government. And they all said, no, we ain't getting involved with that. We don't want him mad at us. We, I'm sorry about that. You're trouble and everything. But it's, it's too heavy for us to deal with. So they all turned away. He said, refuge failed me. Wouldn't none of them open their homes to me? Wouldn't nobody help me? No man cared for my soul. I know that a lot of preachers have used that, that scripture in preaching on the gospel, and I believe it applies there too because a lot of Christians, like Brother Leo said, are just absolutely indifferent to the people, fact that people dying going to hell. Just indifferent because they got their saved, and so they're not worried about nobody else's. But he's saying, you know, I was, I was having hard times. I was, I, was, I was stressed. I was at the bottom, and nobody cared. Nobody cared, but you know what God did. So, so we look at number two, the comfort he takes in God. See, God knew his case. God knew what was going on with him. God didn't know this went past God. Look at verse three. He said, "When my spirit was overwhelmed, I mean, I, listen, that means I was, I was having anxiety. I, I was depressed. I mean, I, I didn't know how to. I, I mean, I couldn't. I, I felt like I was losing my grip on reality. I was. My spirit was overwhelmed. I said, God, I've never been in this situation before." I don't know how I wound up in a cave. I don't know how I wound up. Everybody hating me. I, I, you've appointed me. You go, I've been told I was going to be king someday. And look, Lord, what's going on here? This don't look like what your plan was. God knew the case. A spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then thou knewest my path. See, God didn't lose him. God didn't lose him down that cave. Psalm twenty four fourteen again. God knew his case. He said, "I." In Psalm twenty two fourteen, he said, "I'm poured out like water." That's a bad condition, man. When you you feel like he said, "I'm poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart's like wax; it's melted in the midst of my bowels." In other words, I'm just a mess. David said, "I'm just a mess. I'm a wreck." I mean, that's kind of what he was speaking of when he said, "My spirit's overwhelmed." But I like what he said in Psalm 61, too. He said, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. I'm down here sinking in the depths of despair. Lift me up and let me stand my faith on heaven's table land, a higher place than I've found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. That's what he's asking. God, please. Because God's his refuge. He knows that. There's no other place to go. There's nobody else to turn to but the Lord. Verse 5 in our text, he said, I cried unto thee, O Lord, and I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. I cried. And I, I believe he was crying out with his voice, but I believe he had tears flowing too. And he was saying with hot tears rolling down his cheeks, he's saying to God, You're my hiding place, Lord. When I ain't got nowhere else to go, you're my hiding place. And you're all I need in this life. 
Maybe I can't find no help nowhere else, but you're all the help I need. Amen? I remember Paul saying something like that too over in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, where he said, my grace, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul, no matter what a bad situation you're in, son, you look to me and I'll give you the grace that you need to get through it. When you're weak and you can't, you're weaker than strained water and you don't know how you're going to take another step, you just look to me and I'll give you strength. That's where David was at. Paul said, more, more gladly, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities. I'll be glad when I'm, when I'm down at the bottom. He said that the power of Christ may rest on me because the power of Paul didn't amount to squat and the power of David don't amount to squat and the power of Brandon, power of Brandon don't amount to squat and your power don't amount to squat. It's God, if it's going to give you power, if you're going to be victorious over anything in your life, it won't be you. You can't, get, you can't figure out God and be smarter than him and, and pick out a path to your life that's better than him. We've got to surrender. We've got to give up and say, Lord, I wave a flag. I'm waving the white flag, Lord. I know my way won't work. So I looked number three at his expectation that he had from God. He had an expectation that God was going to hear him and deliver him. Look at verse six and seven. He said, attend to my cry. Lord, hear me, for I'm brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors that are well, they're stronger than I, Lord. I, you're going to have to do it. I, I can't do it. You deliver me. He said, bring my soul out of prison. I'm going to tell you, I, I maybe, and I know y'all probably ain't never been caught up in sin the way I was when I was in my 20s, but I'm going to tell you right now, I was, every friend I had was just in the same mess I was in. Every friend I had, and like I said, some of them was lost. I was saved. I knew better. I was backslidden. But I had a lot of friends that were lost, and they had no clue. I had a few friends that were saved who were just as bad off as I was. But I'm going to tell you, I couldn't find my way out of that life. God had to God had to bring me out of it. I, I turned every, I mean, listen, I turned all kind of places before I turned to God and let him have it. But I'm gonna tell you, God will deliver you. No matter what you're going through, He's the answer, He's the deliverer. We can't do it ourselves. He'll have to bring you out or you will stay right where you're at. Because sin that bondage that sin will put you in sometimes. And he says it, it shall not have sin shall not have dominion over you. It shouldn't be in control of your life. But I'm going to tell you, sometimes if if we if we won't we're not careful, if we're not maintaining a, a walk with God by reading our Bible and commute it's so I know I know y'all know this, but it's so, 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 so important that you maintain a daily routine of talking to God in prayer and letting God talk to you by reading the Bible. Because if you don't do that, you're not having a conversation with God. You're not having a relationship. It's so important that we maintain that relationship daily. That's why David knew that God was going to deliver him. That's why he knew that he would hear him. I'm thankful tonight that I know that God hears me. When I go to God in prayer for somebody, I know one of two things is going to happen. Either, number one, they're going to, they're going to yield to God and God's going to help, uh, deliver them in their situation, or they're going to resist God and God, God will not be able to do it because they will not let him do it. One of those two things is going to happen. But you know what? That doesn't stop me from praying. That doesn't stop me from knowing what God is able to do. Amen? God is able to sometimes bend somebody's will by gentle persuasion. By the Holy Spirit is simply quietly working in their life. And that's what I pray that God does. I don't want God to have to reach and grab somebody and dramatically yank them in their life to get their attention. I want them to wake up. But God will deliver folks. 
God's in the delivering business. He is our deliverer. And he can take somebody out. And again, like he said, he said, deliver me from persecutors that are stronger than I. I remember a preacher, Mays Jackson. I don't know if you all know the name, Mays Jackson. He used to have the truck driver special. He was a long time ago, old preacher. But he talked He talked about this, uh, this little boy in school that kept picking on him, kept picking on him. And finally, he just pulled off and hit that boy. He said, a sound come out of his mouth I never heard in my life. He said, Baba! And that sound scared me to death because I heard stomping feet coming down the hall of that school. He said, the biggest joker I've ever seen in my life hit between my eyes and parted my hair. <clears throat> he said, that little boy wasn't worried about nothing because he had Bubba behind him. He said, well, I'm going to tell you something. I ain't worried about nothing because I got God behind me. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you, we, we don't have to be afraid. God's a deliverer. And the devil, he's, he's tough until God shows up. You know, the Bible says, submit yourselves unto God. That just means give God the keys. Give God veto power. Sign it over. Lord, you're in charge of me. I'm giving, it's like the, in, in modern day, somebody says, I'm giving somebody power of attorney. They, they can make my decisions for me. Well, you need to give God power of attorney in your life so that he can make your decisions for you because you don't know what you're doing. And I don't know what I'm doing. Amen. We make a mess, 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 mess. But God will bring, he can bring a soul out of prison. He can deliver. I'm tell you, I wish, I, and I'm going to have him in, Brother Ken Barber. I want to have him tell his testimony of how God brought him from a jail cell facing 99 years in prison to a, to a, to a missionary. God does tremendous, I mean, he, him and another guy was going to rape this girl and, and kidnap her, and, and, and it didn't happen. It didn't work. I mean, he, I think they robbed her, but it didn't work out like they had planned to do. And he wound up in a jail cell. Like I said, there was a possibility in 99 years, and a, and a church had put a pencil in there with a scripture verse on it. His mom had been praying and praying and praying for him. He was her wayward child. And that pencil with a gospel, with a, with a, with a gospel scripture on there got through to him in that jail cell. And God brought him out of there, and he surrendered to the ministry. And now he's in the prisons in Belize witnessing sharing the gospel with people. God can God can bring somebody out of a situation. It looks impossible. He's able to do that. He's a deliver. Number four, and we're done. <clears throat> he talks about he talked about his expectation from God that he would hear and deliver him. But he talks about his expectation from the righteous. Verse seven, that they would join him in his praises. He said, "Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise Thy name." When God delivers us. We ought not be mute. I know, so listen, some, some people, if they, get, they get saved, they get brought out of a, a miserable life, and for a while there's praise and there's joy and there's testimony, but after a while they settle in and all that calms down and they just become whatever, just kind of complacent. Don't ever let the fire go out. Like somebody said before, if you can't get excited about your salvation, get excited about mine, because I'm excited about mine. Amen? I never got over it. Amen? It happened, happened way back yonder, 40-something years ago, and I've never got over the fact that Jesus Christ shed his blood for me. He died for me, bore my sin. I can't get over that. Amen? And somebody ought to rejoice. You ought to rejoice over the fact that your name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life and you're not going to hell. You ought to rejoice. 
You'll not ever get okay with that. You'll not ever just get, oh, well, that's great. I'm going to heaven. No big deal. It ought to be the greatest thrill of your life every day you wake up that you're still saved. Amen. He's able. Amen. And we ought to join in with other folks. We see people get saved. We ought not. It ought not be just a mild thing to us. It ought to be. I, I told Mama one time we was at a ball game, and she stood up off the bench and went, went, pow, like that right there. And I said, Mama. I ain't never heard you do that in church. And if you'll do that for your grandson and you won't do that for Jesus, you're a hypocrite, Mama. But you know we're all that way. I mean, listen, if you're a Cowboys fan and they win in, you'll jump up off the couch and holler. Right? If there's something you're cheering for, if you're excited about it, you'll holler. You, yeah, come on. I mean, but when come to church, what was the wrong with us? Greatest thing ever happened to us. We don't want to praise God for it? What's wrong with us? Listen, let me just wind it up with this. I'm going to wind it all up. If you find yourself in life troubled in mind, and we do sometimes, if you find yourself troubled in body, health issues have got you. If you just find yourself in a bad situation in life that you didn't intend to get in, you don't really know how to get out of it. You can sing this psalm with David. And if you sing it in the same spirit that David sang it, you can find the help for your complaints, and you can find the comfort in God that David found because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. His love, his mercy, his grace, his promises are the same yesterday, today, and forever, just like Jesus is. Amen? So I, so let me. what I take away from this tonight, listen, no matter what kind of situation you find yourself in, give it to God. Turn it over to him. Don't give it to nobody else to you. Give it to God. There's nothing wrong with having other people pray about your problem, but you're doing God a disservice if you don't take it to him first. If we take it, once we pray about it, then we've got done something about it. We can't do a thing in the world until we give it to God. Let's stand together. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll be dismissed tonight. Our Heavenly Father.